Welcome to the Stay Tuned Podcast. My name is Anthony Canonico and I'll be your host. Welcome to episode 3 of the Stay Tuned Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canonico. This week I'm going to be talking about some of the biggest music releases of the week, including Playboy Cardi, West Side Gun, and DaBaby, and then I'm going to be giving a classic album review of an album that I'm sure you all enjoy. episode of the Stay Tuned podcast. Unfortunately, Christian could not be with us this week, um, but as they say, the show must go on. Uh, the unforeseen circumstances with his unavailability kind of left me without the ability to find a guest, so I will be flying solo this week. Uh, thankfully, it's been a pretty slow week anyway, so this episode's likely to be shorter than the previous, and hopefully Christian will be back with us next week, and hopefully he feels better. Um, so without further ado... Let's get into this week's topics. Of course, the biggest thing that I think had hip-hop Twitter, hip-hop media buzzing over the past week or so was the release of Playboy Cardi's single, At, M- At, Me? At Me. I think it's supposed to be pronounced At Me. That's... anyway. Um, so yeah, let's kick things off talking about that. Uh, for what it's worth, Playboy Cardi isn't an artist I've ever really been impressed with. Uh, Dial It is just okay, and his self-titled project is just not very good. So take what I'm saying here with a grain of salt, because clearly his music isn't for me. Um, But regardless of that, from a more objective standpoint, Cardi dropped this new single on April 16th, 2020, and I mean, even if it is supposed to be pronounced at me, the the title is obviously spelled meh, at meh. Um, probably an ode to the way Cardi speaks. But anyways, that title is extremely fitting because the song is meh. Um, it's not extremely bad. It's not any good. The lyrics really aren't anything special. The production is somewhat noteworthy. This is actually one of the more interesting beats Cardi has rapped over, in my opinion. But I don't know, maybe if over 50% of the lyrics were legible, I might like the song a little more. But I, I just, I've never been able to get past Cardi's vocal performance on the song. And I did see a lot of hate on Twitter for this song. And I, I, I was actually surprised by that because it seems like everybody wants more of what they call "quote unquote" baby voice Cardi. Then he kind of gave that to them on this song, and they, uh, it kind of seemed to backfire on him because everyone was not impressed with it. So I don't really know what people want. I, one way or the other, I, I don't go into Cardi's music expecting to love it. As I said, he just doesn't really make music for me. He doesn't make music that I resonate with or connect with. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm surprised at the reception to this song. It seemed pretty up to speed with everything that Cardi has built his career off for the most part. So, yeah, I was a little shocked by that reaction. But, I mean, one way or the other, I, I do agree with the majority here. And I, I don't think it's a very good song. Especially not for how long we've had to wait for new Cardi music. Um, Especially for Cardi fans. I, I do feel for you being, you know, a fan of a lot of musicians who don't drop super frequently. Uh, Big Sean comes to mind. He hasn't dropped since... I mean, a few singles here and there, but no album since uh, 2017. So I, I, do, I do understand the feeling of waiting for a single. And I I feel like I would be a little disappointed if I was a bigger Cardi fan. Anyways, um, the other big thing about Cardi this week was his exchange, if you want to call it that, with Lil Uzi Vert on Twitter. Um, 
this may be retrospective considering the podcast is going to be released on Wednesday and the date in question is a Monday. I would love to wait to see how it pans out, but if I record this on Tuesday for release on Wednesday, it's just it's cutting it a little too close for comfort. So we're just going to talk about this, uh, I guess, for you hearing it from the past. Um, anyways, so around the time of the release of Eternal Take, Lil Uzi tweeted out saying, as soon as he drop, I'm a drop again, uh, quote unquote, without specifying who he was. And there's a lot of speculation that he was referring to Playboy Cardi, who obviously he used to be very close with. And then a few hours, I believe, after dropping the single, Cardi tweeted out the word Monday. Yeah, he, he tweeted that on Friday. And then Uzi quickly tweeted and deleted the name Playboy Cardi, which was spelt wrong, uh, before also tweeting out the word Monday with the same weird capitalization as Cardi's original tweet. Um, there's been a lot of speculation around this. Some have speculated that if Cardi drops an album on Monday, Uzi will drop something as well in order to take away from Cardi's sales amid their reported, likely not real beef. There's also speculation that the pair might be dropping a song or even their long-awaited uh, 1629 collaborative project. There's really no theories that I subscribe to. Um, most of them do revolve around Cardi or Uzi, or Cardi and Uzi, dropping albums on a Monday rather than the traditional Friday release date, and I just, I can't see any of that happening. Honestly, with Cardi and Uzi's reputation, I wouldn't be surprised if Monday comes and goes without uh, anything from either of them. But uh, I, gu I guess we will find out in the coming days what all these cryptic tweets mean. But um, I don't know, I'm not getting my hopes up for anything. I do like Uzi a lot more than I like Cardi. I'm really not expecting anything from either of them, though, if I'm being completely truthful. Um, I really think I've covered everything I wanted to cover about Uzi there. Uh, Whole Lot of Red is the album that he's been teasing for a long time that is obviously still not here uh, as a follow-up to um, 20... Oh... I want to say 2017's Dial It, but it, on second thought, maybe it's 2018. Um, regardless of that, we've been waiting for a new uh, Cardi album for quite some time, and people did love Dial It. Yeah, Dial It was 2018 now. Um, and that album got a lot of love. Uh, as I said, I, I don't think it's anything above, I don't know, average at best, maybe. Maybe I'd review that sometime. The Twitter, every, every day I see something about that album, and I just, I'll never understand it. Half the time I think that the love for it is like sarcastic, but I, I think people genuinely do love that album, and I don't know, maybe I'll give my thoughts on why I don't sometime. Regardless, though, I mean, I'm ready to move on to another topic. I think we've spent enough time talking about a single. Um, when there were a lot of albums, actually, that dropped on Friday, on last week's podcast, I noted with Christian that it was a slow week for releases. I ended up being really wrong. Um, I knew West Side Gun was dropping, and I was I was anticipating that one a little, but I wasn't super excited for it. I knew, uh, of course, Tech Nine was dropping, which ended up being one of my least favorite drops of the week, actually, surprisingly. And um, those were the big two that were on my radar. But a few days before, I know DaBaby announced his album. That would have been after the podcast, so you can't fault me for that one. But it did end up being a pretty good week. And the first one I want to talk about is actually DaBaby. Um... 
I actually have a lot to say about this album. Once again, uh, same with Cardi. I, I'm going to be the first to admit that the baby is not an artist I find myself drawn to. I really don't connect with his music either. I don't find him incredibly personable, and his flow is often stagnant and boring to me. That being said, though, this album really did it for me. This is, I'm going to go ahead and say this is my favorite album of his, which I know is going to get decimated on Twitter because everyone seems to hate this album, and everyone loves Baby on Baby and Kirk, both albums I was thoroughly unimpressed with. Um, so in some sick twist of fate here, I'm going to be the guy who likes this to baby album, I guess. And yeah, like I said, Twitter's been hating hard on this album and I, I really don't understand it. Baby on Baby and Kirk were both albums I didn't enjoy at all. I, I think maybe one or two songs from each made it to my rotation. Um, I think they're probably both fives, maybe lower. Honestly, I really don't like either attempt and I, I've never understood the hype for the baby, but I don't know. This one is really good. I... As much as I don't support DaBaby's actions or, you know, some of his personality that seems to have been uh, exposed since he hit the limelight, I guess, uh, at the end of the day, this music is it, it's good. The features do carry it at times, I guess, but, but Baby actually has a good variety in production and the, the beat switches are on point. Uh, he switches his flow a few times, and I've seen a lot of people clowning on his singing and whatnot, but I think some of the flows he tries out are actually better than his usual... I don't even know if there's a, a word for it, but his usual flow. I, I I don't know. I was thoroughly surprised by how much I, I like this album. I genuinely do enjoy it. Uh, it. It's Saturday right now. It's only been out for 24 hours. I've only given it, like, two lessons, so maybe that's going to change. Uh, it's still a little early for me to give it a thorough review or rating, and but perhaps I'll come back to it and I'll do that sometime. Because yeah, this album was uh, a pleasant surprise for me. I, I did really enjoy it, and I don't understand some of the hate it's getting, especially as a non baby fan myself. Um, yeah. Um, another noteworthy album did drop this week, and it was by uh, Westside Gun. I see this one. I I did expect to like, and I did like it as well. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I was less surprised by how much I liked it than the baby album. They're probably similar in quality, for me anyway. Uh, I was just a lot more surprised by the fact that I liked the baby album. But anyway, to uh, to give Westside Gun his due. Let's talk about him for a minute, because within the past, really the past few years, I'd say about since 2018, he's finally gotten to reap the benefits of all of his work, and that's largely in part due to the publicity associated with uh, Griselda signing with uh, Shady Records, sorry. But um, yeah, Westside Gunn has really been making a name for himself as a solo artist, though. I mean, 2018 Supreme Blyantel amassed critical acclaim from uh, critics and social media alike, and so far, 2020's Pray for Paris is no different. It's it's a really high-quality album, and I'm glad that Westside Gun at, I believe, 38, don't quote me on that, is, is finally getting his due, because he's been putting in work. This album is it, it's a great change of pace from what I've heard so far in 2022, and I, I need to talk about that, because uh, my year's been filled with, I mean, my favorite albums so far have been, you know, Mac Miller, The Weeknd, Janae Iko, uh, like, Code of the Friend, 
and a few like softer mellow music like that so to hear such a high quality album from like a pure hard spitter like a drill rapper like Westside was really exciting for me I just I haven't got the opportunity to fall in love with a lot of pure hip-hop yet this year and that that's what Westside's doing here it's it's clearly his realm that he operates in and and he does it very well I'm I'm honestly surprised that it's taken him so long to get mainstream attention he's really the king of the underground I think at this point but you know it's just the album is just it's great and again I'm going to need some more time with it before I can go too deep into it but my initial thoughts are incredibly good I'm planning on dropping my top 15 albums of the year maybe 20 on April 30th, at the end of the month, and I'd, I'd venture to guess that this one will definitely be in there. I think it's going to probably still be in my top 15 by the end of the year, depending on how the rest of the year goes, but this album is uh, very high quality, and I really recommend it to anyone who hasn't checked it out. And what better way to close out this week's episode than with an album review of an absolute classic, an indisputably great album that is almost impossible to hate. Um, any guesses? Of course, we're talking about Eminem and Revival. I really think over the years, this album has probably gotten enough hate, especially from Twitter. I, I can't think of a single album that has dropped and just instantly been hated by, I mean, not, not just Twitter. I mean, it was critics, it was fans, it was the whole world, honestly. I just, I can't think of an album that was instantly given such a negative reception. And I mean, well, some of it may be a little harsh, it's pretty much all warranted, and I just, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I wrote about this album earlier this year, very briefly, when I ranked Eminem's discography. This was shockingly near the bottom. Uh, I want to say I put it right above Infinite. I don't think I had this as the worst, but it was uh, it was right down there. First of all, I really do want to say that in my experiences in the, in the Twitter hip-hop community or just the hip-hop community in general, I, I really don't think an album has ever been dismissed so quickly and take that for what you will i mean we are talking about eminem here he's an incredibly polarizing figure who i i do firmly believe eminem is right i think people were going to hate this album before it came out i think especially with that track list which don't get me wrong is not a good track list but yeah i just i think this album was destined for failure from from the very beginning and as i said well much of this album's criticism is maybe too harsh it, it's it's not unwarranted it is completely understandable eminem's 2017 effort was for lack of a better word bad um while it is raw and honest eminem just largely falls back on these old tricks uh he resorts to old patterns old ways that worked well when he was 2025 uh work less well when he's 40 something and uh yeah i i just and trying to make this weird um political album largely centered around his uh discontempt for donald trump uh i mean take that as what you want to take it as it is what it is but i just with an album for an album that i mean seemingly is so focused it really just lacks any type of narrative uh, it's filled with cringeworthy bars, uh, misogynistic bars, which are littered throughout Eminem's discography, but in 2017 are a little different than 1999. Uh, 
one way or the other, though, I just... I don't know. There's not a lot of good things to say about this album, and I, I don't want to be unfairly negative to it, but I just am trying to deliver this as objectively as I can. Another big criticism is, of course, the 77-minute runtime. And don't get me wrong, 77-minute albums can work out fantastically. Um, off the top of my head, I have uh, To Pimp a Butterfly, which isn't behind me right now, but that album, I believe, runs about 77 minutes. Um, Drake's Take Care also in here somewhere but you know take care uh um oh there's got to be some more um biggie's ready to die i mean all of these hours run at least 75 minutes or higher i think and they're great albums uh although i do feel like i'm committing a crime by putting those albums in the same sentence as revival but anyway my point is that long albums can work and they can also explode in the rapper's face in this, I, I don't even, I'm out of words, in this hilarious fashion, I guess, for lack of any better ways to say it. I, catastrophic, I guess, might have worked. One way, there are, one way or the other, we, uh, we know what one happened here. The sitting through 77 minutes of Eminem's pop rap songs infused with questionable underlying messages over these strange alienated beats that don't even flow one into the other is just something that at this point seems impossible i i just okay even if it's not impossible it's just i don't think it's something very many of us find ourselves wanting to do often even if you're a uh not one of the quote-unquote revival haters who i've been talking about i just i don't think there's much uh replay value in this album at all I actually didn't hate it the first time around, and then the second time it went down a little, and then, I don't know, by the fourth or fifth lesson, I was like, this is not very good, and I haven't found myself listening to a single track from it. Even when they come on shuffle, they quickly get skipped, um, except for maybe A Rose and Castle, which are two of my... Th those are the two best songs on the album, I think. Walk on Water was also uh, given a lot of hate, and I'm not too sure why. That was a good song. Um, but back to the point, it's just... Honestly, a lot of this album feels, to me... I don't want to say unfinished, but maybe just lazy is the word. Uh, it feels like every song has this feature of some pop singer singing some wishy-washy hook over this strange, gluttonous beat, and it's just it's just odd. Odd. Odd is the only word that I come back to. It's This is less of an attempt at a revival and more of a failed attempt at evolution in the wrong direction for Eminem. I think everyone constantly criticizes him and asks for... Uh, him to change things up, but I don't think this was the direction anyone expected or really wanted from Marshall. It's just, I don't know. And again, like it, it just lacks, it lacks so much. And while albums don't always need a narrative, this one neither has a narrative or any redeeming qualities to it at all, almost. And that's just, that's not what we've come to expect from a great artists such as Eminem a great a, such a prolific figure in the rap community anyway and I, I will accredit this album for its few positives I suppose the final two tracks the ones I just mentioned uh, Castle and A Rose both are touching songs where M actually almost entirely hits the mark and you know his intentions are executed well 
they kind of the message of the songs comes across pretty clean i think everyone understands what they're about what we're talking about and they do sound good to the ear don't get me wrong it's uh yeah those are definitely the two highlights for me the chloroseptic remix um well it wasn't actually i guess a part of revival is a great song that's maybe my favorite song from this era of eminem uh like the 2007 era pre-kamikaze but it's just yeah i don't know i guess it's not part of a revi the revival album so maybe i will stop talking about it but it's a really good song and it's a lot better than the original which i wasn't a big fan of uh having fresher as the only rap feature on this album why i don't know i, I don't know i just <laughs> i find myself really turned off by the prospect of listening to this album more than I already have. And I just, Eminem really isn't a rapper who I'm super interested in hearing political content from. I mean, I respect the attempt to switch it up and maybe make some more conscious music, but that's not why we fell in love with Eminem. That's not what we fell in love with. And while growth is important, and I obviously don't believe any rapper should uh, just remain stagnant and stay the same forever, I just... I don't think this was the direction to go. Uh, this isn't what we fell in love with him for, and nor is this what we should expect from him. This album just really stands out as a poor attempt from one of the all-time greats. It's it's a 3.5 out of 10, which is, you know, it's not the worst album I've ever heard, but it's, it's, it's very uh, subpar. I just, I don't have much more to say. Uh, I am a fan of Kamikaze and Music to be Murdered by. I think he's really turned it around since Revival, and a part of me does believe that the critical, uh, the negative response that uh, Revival got was a huge part in him turning around his career. I think if people falsely praised this album, then perhaps we would uh, be getting more music like this from Eminem, which I don't think anybody really wants. I think that's an important thing to consider when you look at this album it did maybe inspire some change back to his original noise his his you know what we've seen on kamikaze and music to be murdered by but yeah overall no uh 3.5 out of 10 did not like this album do not like this album probably will not like this album that's all i got for you Thanks for listening to the Stay Tuned Podcast, everybody. I've been your host, Anthony Canonico. Stay Tuned is produced and edited by Brady Kelly. Special thank you to my correspondent, Kristen Dukic. Check out more from Stay Tuned Media at staytunedmedia underscore on Twitter or at www.staytunedmedia1.wixsite.com. Thanks again, and remember to stay tuned for next week's episode.